Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, February 17th, 2020. I am your host, Will Hunter, and I've, uh, I should say we, I, we, it's an interesting show today. Um, <laughs> let me uh, fill you in as to why. I am on vacation. I am multiple time zones away from one Matt Sheehan, my co-host right now. Um, I mean, I'm multiple time zones away right now, not that he is my co-host right now. That would imply that there's a potential future in which he is not my co-host. Don't want to raise any alarm bells there. But right now, I'm a, I'm a good distance away from Matt. Um, internet connection's not the most reliable, and frankly, uh, my schedule is pretty jammed full. It's hard to coordinate, especially when you factor in the time zone differences and what we're both doing today. So, Maybe tomorrow for Tuesday show we can get together, maybe not, and we'll see about Wednesday. Wednesday's kind of up in the air because Wednesday's a travel day for me, so that might be a Matt solo show. We'll see. That's all to be determined. But today, I am doing segments one and the first half of segment two. Matt is going to pick it up in the middle of segment two and take us home to segment three, so we're going to kind of, I don't know, not a sandwich because there's not three layers. You need three layers for a sandwich. Um... I'm going to start it. It's like a relay, a two-man relay. I'm starting it, hand it off to Matt, and he's going to take it home. So uh, Matt's going to talk about some basketball things. He's going to talk about Jacob Panashuk and uh, what has sort of evolved there. I am going to talk some basketball, too, um, probably do that in segment two and kind of lead into Matt because I think that's where he jumped off from. Uh, but I definitely want to talk about this really interesting development with Michigan State football, uh, the program is in an interesting spot where it finds itself uh, looked at as a villain due to financial situations, due to the um, indiscriminate and aggressive poaching of Coach Mel Tucker and just, you know, the the money, the bags, the Brinks truck that Michigan State football is now tossing around. So I want to talk uh, about that and sort of what's going on with that situation because I, I think we're kind of looking at it Wrong, and I think uh, we could have a more interesting, fun time with this whole uh, quote unquote controversy. So that's what I'm going to talk about here in segments one and the first half of segment two. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcasts, and we do this every single day, five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, and again, thanks so much to everyone who helped us. So we. <laughs> we we found out we were in the iTunes rankings, uh, and Matt and I were joking about it, like, ah, you know, we're probably one iTunes top 200, we're 198, right? And again, that's something like iTunes rankings are really great, but they don't measure true listenership. It's based on a million different things, and nobody really knows, so it's like hard to put a ton of stock into it. And I don't like to look at that kind of stuff, like negative or positive, because it sort of impacts me, and I just like to... You know, not have uh, my myself be biased or myself thinking differently about myself or my work because of what other people say. But I will say, somebody uh, then sent me a message on Twitter like, "Hey, saw you in the iTunes rankings," and we were like 16th in basketball, like the iTunes basketball chart was 16th. It was us, and right above us was CJ McCollum's podcast the uh, shooting guard for the Portland Trailblazers hosts a really popular podcast. 
and then right above him, so it was us, CJ McCollum, and then Woj, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the, uh, you know, only the most prolific and trusted newsbreaker in all of sports and basketball. Um, so that was kind of wild. So thanks so much to you guys again. We just hope you're enjoying the show and you listen and tune in every day and uh, like the shows that we have to deliver, and that's what matters most to me, and I know that's what matters most to Matt is uh, connecting with Michigan State fans uh, through the podcast. So thanks again. All right, let's talk about this. Michigan State is getting called names. Colorado fans are super upset. They're getting called bullies. Mel Tucker is being slandered for having the audacity to increase his pay by $3 million. <laughs> Um, media members are writing awful things. Oh, how could Mel Tucker do this? How could Michigan State is just the Big Ten in the Pac-12. It's just not fair. And you're seeing a lot of just, oh, yeah, overpaid for a coach much? Well, must have been desperate. And it's funny because it's just, you know, when Alabama pays, and I'm not comparing the programs, I'm just saying as, as an aside, when Alabama pays Nick Saban the exorbitant salary, when Michigan pays Jim Harbaugh that when they built in ridiculous clauses to contracts for coaches where like boosters in Alabama pay for Nick Saban's ridiculously large house. Stuff like that. Like it's not a big deal and it shouldn't be a big deal because the market of the business of college football dictates that these coaches um have been valuable. You are worth what someone is willing to pay you and it's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal um that you know, Nick Saban makes the money he makes with any high-paid coach. If that's what they're worth, that's what they're worth. And the fact that Michigan State is starting to sort of get in this game is I think there's like this hang-up because nobody thinks of Michigan State in those terms. And I think that's important here because, again, when big programs spend big, it's sort of like the status quo, right? It's like, oh, yeah, the Big Ten, Penn State's going to spend a bunch of money, Ohio State and Michigan State's going to spend a money. That's just... That's how it goes. Those three teams are going to spend more than the others, and they're the powers. Those are the three teams in the Big Ten that are consistently the most talented, rich, et cetera, et cetera, biggest alumni base, most money. And you can do that with every single conference. And some of it is donors. Some of it is TV deal from the conference. Some of it is team-specific revenue. And I think there's some, I don't know, flinching, reacting strangely to Michigan State uh, deciding to enter this game in this way because it was February 4th when Mark D'Antonio retired. Um, Michigan State's hands were absolutely tied. Like, if they wanted to make a move that was going to be something not a half measure, right? And, and Chris Creighton, so someone like Chris Creighton, has done a wonderful job at Eastern, is by all accounts a good coach, does a solid job. But if you put him in the Big Ten, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. The money's not going to be as demanding there. You could pay Chris Creighton $2.5 million and get away with it. You could have uh, a shoestring staff. You could just bring over his Eastern coaches. You double all their their salaries, and it's like a $3.5 million thing in your football program. In terms of coaches, salary only costs you $7 million instead of $12 million. That's sort of like a half-ish measure. And that was certainly a a path Michigan State could have gone down. They could have gone with Mike Tressel, just promoted him for a full season and redone the search next year, see how it played out. 
and you know kept some staff members and we'll see and and that's going to keep costs down for a year while you figure things out and they could have done that as well but if Michigan State wanted to at the you know mid February is by time you know a week into February 10 days into February is when this whole coaching search is playing out just short of 2 weeks into February that's a really hard time to get a coach and it's really hard time to get a coach to leave a program that he just signed a, a full recruiting class to, right? A couple days after signing day, you got to convince someone uh, if you want to make a move to get someone who is a head coach, someone with some pedigree, someone who's going to cost some money, someone you really believe uh, can jumpstart the program, which Michigan State felt Mel Tucker was one of the guys that could do it. It's him and Luke Fickle, basically. You're going to have to pony up. And Michigan State has decided to do that, and they should not, we should not be ashamed that the administration had found the, the depth in their pockets to dig a little deeper, to spend enough to match, you know, Penn State's spending on coaches. Head coach and assistant, Penn State and Michigan State are like neck and neck um, using uh, previous Penn State figures for James Franklin and their, their staff because they get to hide things. Ohio State pays their assistance a ton. Ryan Day makes $4.5 million, which is a pretty decent bargain for Ohio State right now. They're kind of right in that same range. They're like maybe a half million ahead of Michigan State. And then Michigan's a little bit higher as well. Um, their assistants are kind of neck and neck with Michigan State, but Jim Harbaugh makes $7 million, So they're going to be up um, a little bit more than Michigan State. We are not going to. Michigan State should not apologize for having more money than Colorado. They should not apologize for not having any regard for any other program when looking out for themselves. Like, that would be total crap if Michigan State was like, well, we don't really want to screw up somebody too bad, so we shouldn't get a head coach. We shouldn't get somebody who's building positive momentum. We shouldn't get somebody who just got done fundraising. We should just, you know, let's let's be courteous of our collegiate brethren and let's just do something that's not disruptive in the middle of February. It's almost impossible in the middle of February to not be disruptive when you're going through a coaching search. What the hell else were they supposed to do? They identified someone they wanted. They had to make a little bit more of an offer, probably a million extra in salary, a million extra in coaches and promises for facility upgrades or whatever. You're like, do you know, you, you got to meet Mel Tucker and like, hey, we got to yank this guy away from a program that he's actually invested in. You're going to have to do some of that. But to say it's a move of desperation and they're just flinging money around like, no, that's what college, that's what big time college programs do. They spend a crap ton of money all over the place. They have a lot on their head coach. They have a lot on their assistants. They have a lot on their strength program. They have a lot on their facilities. They spend a bunch of money. Michigan State should not do that. They should or should do that. Should not apologize for doing that. And I think instead of being like, "Oh, why are you being mean to us? Why are you criticizing Michigan State?" Who cares? I have not given an ounce of thought to Colorado football in my entire life. And I'll be damned if I'm going to do it now that we poached their head coach, now that Michigan State stole their head coach and they're furious about it. No, we're not. Like They can punt. They should be mad. They have every right to be mad. That sucks. They were excited. Their guy left. That sucks. They're punching up at us, not punching down back at them. Just not that you don't punch down. You don't punch to the team that finishes ninth in the Pac-12 every single year. That's just... That'd be, it's, it's like, of course they're going to be mad. Just let them be mad. Of course the media is going to be mad about different things. 
it's not a great – it was just an ugly timing. The situation wasn't great, but Michigan State did what it had to do. They had to look out for themselves, and same with Mel Tucker. Had to look out for himself, his family, people closest to him, people that matter the most to him. Take three extra million dollars a year. Like, that's some chump change thing. It's freaking first year as a head coach, and we're acting like, yeah, hey, whatever, three million dollars. Like, no, dude, that's like – I don't know, a quarter of his lifetime earnings in college football, although he had the stint in the D.C., the, the NFL is a D.C. So he's made some money, but still, it's a huge contract for him, and we cannot be critical of him for taking that. It's absurd. And I think just the biggest thing is the timing of this is, is ma- what makes it so like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did it. Um, but embrace it. That's the thing. Embrace it. Yeah, you're right. School I root for has got some money. They're willing to throw it around. They're willing to make some investments. It's your school. Is your school doing that? Is your school spending smart? Just ask a Michigan fan that when they're, you know, criticizing you for your program throwing five and a half million dollars a year to a coach who's only won five games as a head coach like that means something. Ask them how much their $50 million has gotten them in Big Ten titles over the last, you know, five years for Harbaugh. Just ask them. Just ask them. Because a lot of programs are spending a lot of money and a lot of them are doing it very poorly. The fact that Michigan State is just deciding to spend some money now, like, get over it. We want in the club. Michigan State wants in the club. They're trying to get in the club. Embrace it. Embrace being in the club. It's better than whining about how your school has no resources and won't spend any money. Just ask a Clemson fan. Hell, ask a Kentucky fan. They had a shoestring football budget that was nothing, and now they're able to pay an assistant a million-plus dollars a year to keep them away from Michigan State. Michigan State is in those fights, in those battles for big-time money deals. That's cool. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Who gives a damn what someone writes about? You know, it's football money. Who cares? It's not a horrible off-the-field allegation. It's not something that actually really matters. It's a self-sustaining thing. The football program has like $50 million in profit. They're fine. The other programs around the school, they're going to be funded. The football program's funding it. It's, It's fine. It's fine. Embrace it. Embrace being a program that is looked at as someone who can throw some weight around courtesy of a Brinks truck. All right, let me pause right quick, and I'll come right back, and we'll talk about some basketball things because uh, that was not super fun on Saturday. Okay, a couple minutes here, and then uh, I'm toss it over to Matt, and he'll say what he has to say. Uh, I know what Matt's going to do, and he's going to – Fly off the handle like he always does, and he's going to be like, this team sucks, this team, nothing's going to happen, this team's not any good, I don't know why we think they're good, they're overrated, they've always been overrated, they're not going to win anything, this is a Sweet Six team at best, they're not going to figure anything out, it's the middle of February, this team is what it is, it has Cassius, it has Xavier, Aaron Henry's not consistent enough, Gabe Brown's disappearing, Rocket Watts is a kid, you can't trust him yet, yada, 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 yada. Someone tweet at me because I'm not going to listen to what Matt says. I'm on vacation. Someone tweet at me and tell me if that just, I nailed him there. Tell me. Uh, I feel like I've got him pegged. Here's what I'm going to say. This is, I don't know, I'm going to harken back to what I said to a couple weeks ago, and, and it revolves around shifting expectations, right? Stop looking at the preseason, number one, because it's in the past. Evaluate what this team is what they've been through, what they've done, what they haven't done, certainly what they haven't done, and take all that into account. Look at where they are, where they sit within the conference, where they sit within the the national picture, and where they sit kind of within themselves, what we expect of them individually. 
and then use that as your evaluation. And certainly, they're, they're coming up short relative to preseason expectations. That is totally, <laughs> totally fair. But two months ago, two and a half months ago, three months ago, doesn't matter. Beginning of the season, preseason, what, what was the consensus? The Big Ten has Michigan State. You drop down a tier, maybe two tiers. You got Maryland. You got Ohio State. You got, uh, and that was it, right? Nobody thought much of the Big Ten, and that was part of the reason why every single writer, except for one, in the preseason picked Michigan State to win. It's not just that Michigan State was definitely great, preseason great. It's that no one really with any confidence could say, like, yeah, this team's really going to be good. It was like, Maryland could be pretty solid. Maybe Penn State can make the tournament. You know, Ohio State should be pretty good. Ooh, Michigan lost beeline. Uh, Minnesota, maybe, Wisconsin, maybe, Indiana, maybe, right? There was a lot of those teams, a lot of maybe teams. Illinois was one that was looked at as like, hey, the Illini, they could be pretty darn good this year. But there was a lot of questions about this conference. And now we sit here in the middle of February, and it's the best conference in the country. It's the deepest the conference has ever been. It is an absolute gauntlet. So we have to take that into consideration. Michigan State in the first 15 days of February, played five games. All five of those games were obviously packed in together, five games in 15 days, uh, multiple road games, all of them A matchups in Ken Palm. Quad one, legit hard games. And they went one and four. They should have been better. But that is an absolutely brutal stretch. And now they have three games in the next 16 days, one of those is against Nebraska. This team's about to get a much-needed rest. Much-needed rest, physically and mentally. Xavier Tillman's going to have a kid. The timing of that works out. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. We've talked at length about what's going on with Cassius. Kyle Arns needs some rest. Aaron Henry needs a minute. Gabe Brown needs to recalibrate. Rocket Watts could probably use a minute, too, to sort of like look around and realize where he's at and where he fits in on this team. They are. They just got done with an absolutely insane gauntlet, and I think, yeah, we would have loved for them to go three and two through that. Four and one would have been incredible. Um, two and three, whatever it passes, but like one and four is tough. I know, I get it, but they're just like I said, not uh, not as good as we thought they would be. And looking at them, where you know. Yeah, they should have won one more of those games. They should have beaten... You lose to Wisconsin by one. You lose to Penn State by five. You lose to Michigan by nine. You beat Illinois by one. You lose to Maryland by seven in a game where you were up seven with three minutes left. Like, it's a bunch of small sample sizes. No, I'm not saying this team is really good or anything like that. They are what they are. They're a solid team. They're not going to win the conference. They should have won the conference. They've let too many games slip away because... They get tired. They don't have guys who are ready to step up in moments, in big spots, like they did with Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins last year. We've talked about that a ton. But to me, like going into this week, splitting at Illinois and on the uh, at home against Maryland, not one of you, not one of you, thought they were going to do that. I shouldn't say not one of you. I would say a majority of you, a grand majority of you, thought at this time. Whenever that, whenever it was, they they lost to Michigan and Penn State back to back, losing three in a row. Matt even said it. He's like, "Yeah, that'll never happen." When I said, "Well, you know, they beat Illinois on the road, they beat Maryland at home, they're right back in this thing." 
Um, and that was a laughable idea. And splitting it was like, eh, yeah, that's like, yeah, they're going to go win at Illinois. This team's going to go win at Illinois. Like, they had a week that we kind of expect from them. They won a game, they lost the game. They had a really nice road win. They crapped away a home win against a top 10 team. That would have been great to get. And again, still, the rest of the country is not blowing anybody away. Nobody's running away with this thing. Kansas is the best team this year. Uh, Kansas would have been like the fifth or sixth best team last year. It's still within reach. And I'm not even saying they need to make extreme drastic improvements. I'm saying the way Michigan State's playing right now, by the advanced numbers, they're still right with the top teams in the country. <clears throat> Excuse me, because honestly, nobody in in the country is separating themselves as truly elite teams. It's it's wild. Um and it, it's going to be a really uh, exciting march in, in this team. <laughs> you know, we'll see if they can pull it together. Three games over the next two and a half weeks is really going to help, especially if they can just get out a, a big lead on Nebraska and kind of coast in that one. Um, that would be tremendous, but I don't think anything's changed. You know, they're just, they're solid, they're good, they're not elite, they're not a world beater, they are too young, they're too thin, they're wearing down, they're relying too much on two people. That's been the case the entire season. Nothing's changed, uh, despite, you know, blowing a lead against Maryland. All right, I'm done. I'm going to bring in Matt, um, and he's going to give you the other side (laughs) of this picture. So let's pause here. And Actually, not even going to pause here. I'm going to bring in Matt seamlessly. Matt. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, Uh, thanks for bouncing it to me, I guess. if you tuned into this portion for the Matt Sheehan Positivity Power Hour, I would suggest that maybe you go back a few episodes after, I don't know, perhaps the Illinois game. Those were simpler times. Uh, the Mel Tucker hiring, uh, again, just oh, great times, great times. Got to give it to MSU, though. This is a just a athletics department committed, one way or another, to going all in on our sadness or our happiness. Very rarely in the last two weeks have we been just right in the middle. Just, eh, you know, whatever. We were very happy after the Illinois game. Remember that, guys. Remember that? Almost blew the 20-point lead. Tillman dunked it. Put us right back in. We only just parlayed that right into a Mel Tucker hiring about 1 o'clock in the morning. That was big time, too. We were just riding sky high. Nothing could take us down. Ooh, we got more than $6 million for our assistant coach pool. We're paying Mel Tucker how much? Are we big boys now? It was so much fun. We were at a 10 out of 10. How about a 1 out of 10 right now? Uh, after that weekend, which started with uh, Vince Merrow staying at Kentucky. It's kind of a bummer. MSU men's hockey. Not a great outing against Michigan on Friday. And I don't know if anyone caught the basketball game Saturday. Uh, we know what happened. We know what happened. And I know that perhaps you want to hear someone get up and just pile on this team that had insane expectations to start the season. And that's fair. This is a tremendously disappointing season so far. I, I mean, obviously, number one preseason is very tough expectations to live up to. Is it a hard expectation, though, to play on Friday of the Big Ten tournament? I don't know. Because now this team has gone from preseason number one 
So now we're probably going to be playing on a Thursday to start the Big Ten tournament, not even ranking the top four of the standings when it's all said and done. But who knows? Honestly, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, the, the Big Ten title is cool. It's awesome. Going back-to-back was great. Three times in a row. Ooh, that would have been nice. That's so far out the window, though, that – and it has been, I, I think, for a little bit. I don't think they were going to run the table and win their last six games of the season. And Maryland falter and Penn State falter, but beside the point. We are not in a good standing right now. Uh, every game, we walk into it. And we, this is no secret, guys. We're pretty late in the season right now. We walk into every game late in the season thinking like, all right, is this the game they turn it around? Is this the game they turn it around? Is this the, is this the game? Oh, is this the game? We are starting to walk away from these games with more concerns than found solutions lately. It's not fun. It's not fun. Uh, eventually, you are what you are. We're, we got five games left in the regular season. Five. If you couldn't figure out a way to get it going by now, I, I just don't think you do. And these aren't problems that haven't been lingering the whole year. They are problems that haven't been lingering the whole year. How do you go from preseason number one to now just another team that's probably going to get a seven, eight, nine seed in the tournament? Um, and this is this is the the awkward part too, because obviously we know what has happened with this team starting all the way back in November. Um, obviously, we had awful tragedy. Uh, how it's sticking with this team, I don't know. You have this beautiful game day segment on Xavier Tillman, who's going to be a father or two here pretty soon, married, student, just a great guy. Cassius Winston, amazing. All accounts, there's a great group of kids. And the awkward part is now dissecting them and really wondering how on earth we got to this point. And I'll tell you what doesn't help. It's having wing players that, really aren't here. Um, namely, not not to name drop, but I'm just going to go ahead and name drop right now. Uh, a player that's having a kind of a tough stretch lately is Gabe Brown. I, we got we to gotta address the uh, Gabe Brown elephant in the room. Oh, boy. Gabe, 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 Gabe. Just one three-pointer made in his last five games. Seven points is the highest he's had in the last five games. He's been blanked, blanked three last five games. And he used to be a guy that you can count on for energy off the bench. A slasher, a good score. I I don't know where he's gone. Aaron Henry's been the same situation all year. We all know this. He's inconsistent. Um, nine points, 4-11 shooting. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. MSU... Got the preseason number one ranking because they just came back from Final Four. They returned a lot of talent. And you could just, well, I guess wrongly assume that some players would be making leaps here. And jumps. The Foster Lawyers of the world. Henry. Brown. It's it's just the Winston and Tillman show. And I sound like a broken record player saying this because we've been talking about this the last few games now. But we're talking about it so much is because it's getting exposed. Every single game. I, I, I mean, if Winston isn't doing it, and he had a fine game, don't get me wrong, Tillman had a fine game, but sometimes, especially against a top 10 Maryland team, 
Do we have a third guy? Do, do we have anyone that wants to, you know, you don't want to, okay. How about you? Over, no, no one wants to step up. Okay, great. Um, at, at the end of the day, it's just people, players. And I, again, I, I feel horrible because they, they seem like great kids, great student athletes, great representation of the university. But yeah, that's how you go from a preseason number one to now just another team once March rolls around. Um, yeah, I, I would love to say that, hey, this team can find a solution. This team can find something in these next five games, but got, uh, you just are what you are at this point. Five games left in the regular season. It is what it is. So, Yeah, thanks for dropping by my uh, Positivity Power Hour. Hopefully, Will treated you guys a little better than this. Um, but yeah, it's it's nothing short of a very kind of a disappointing season so far. I, I hate to say it. You hate to hear it. it. It is what it is, though. This The last few weeks have just not been great whatsoever. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, we'll get back here. Segment three. I might riff a little bit about basketball. Um, we'll riff about um, a certain tweet a player had on the football team uh, and just how that all goes down in the coaching search. All right. We'll be back in a little bit. So let's actually start with the tweet. Um, I'm going to screw up his last name because I always do. Uh, Jacob Panashuk. I think I said that right, but I've said it wrong before. Um, he had some thoughts on Saturday night off a Michigan State football tweet with a quote, I can promise you one thing, our football team will be relentless. Jacob Panashuk on Twitter, if you're not on, you can basically quote, tweet it, respond to it. And he responded with, I can promise you one thing. If Coach Bola is gone, I'm gone. Now, at this point, um, I'm sure you've heard by now, Mike Tressel's coming back, Ron Burton's coming back. So far, those are the only two confirmed coaches. I would guess that those might be the only two coaches hanging around. Coach Bola, it looks like he will not be coming back. Now, back to the Panachuk tweet. And I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't rip a kid for this. I, I can't go off and say how disrespectful that is, or, oh, you should, you know, honor your, your new coach and everything like that. Quite frankly, I, that, it's got to be an emotional week for the players. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy for the fans. It was crazy for us. I'm sure it was crazy for Mr. Tucker. We all know how crazy it's been for the poor Colorado boosters who were swindled by uh, Coach Mel. But we got to remember how crazy of an emotional week this is for the players too. Coach Mel Tucker, I'm sure is a great coach. I'm sure he's going to get along with all sorts of players, all sorts of guys, but Hey, at the end of the day, this still isn't the guy that these players signed up to play for. Now, will they play for him? Sure. Will it be relentless for him? God, I hope so. But with all the change in tide, I, I can see why a player like Panashuk would voice concern of one of his favorite coaches that he loved playing for not being here anymore. He deleted the tweet. I'm, I'm sure he's sorry, but at the end of the day, that's a very real emotion that he had. And it's tough. It's, it, it's, it's tough to see your coaches uh, just go bye-bye. And I do feel sympathy for the players. That, that's, that's really the point here is that I do feel sympathy for these players that are about to play for a guy who really they – they didn't commit to play to. But he's committed to them. Hopefully they commit back now, now that we're here. 
Um, number two, if he does leave, guys, that actually is going to be a, pro a problem. Um, this isn't a newsflash by any means that... MSU has lost some talent on the defensive side of the ball primarily. Uh, losing your top pass rusher, that, that can make a upcoming tough season even tougher. So um, on one hand, yes, feel for the emotion of the players. Sympathize with them. Number two, and we could cross this bridge if we ever get there. I hope we don't get there. But yeah, if we actually do lose Panashuk because they didn't retain Bola, that could be another challenge for the upcoming season. Uh, yay. Let's, uh, let's do this whole thing. So, all right. I attend the segment. Oh, it's just so hard not to go back to basketball. Um, yeah. Five games left in the season. Five games. You're guaranteed six, probably seven. I'm going to assume this team makes the tournament here. Um, Nebraska on Thursday. That's a nice little break there. It's a five-day break if I'm doing my math right. And uh, it's, it's, it's also against Nebraska, too. So um, I, I'm really hoping, obviously, that this team can rest. I don't know, maybe have a coming-to-Jesus moment in the locker room. I, I have no idea. It, it, it all goes back to what we just talked to last segment. It's like, at this point, you're just hoping for anything to happen. Um, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be against Nebraska because I don't envision it being against a very tough Iowa team, a Maryland team who MSU played pretty recently and it didn't go well. And then you're on the road at Penn state, Penn state's final four team, by the way, I'm putting them in uh, the final four, my bracket. This, uh, this season has been that wild where I feel like that's necessary. Um, yeah, it's tough. But also, I'm also at the point of acceptance. I would love to come here and just pour all this emotion out and sound like the crazy guy on the podcast. But really, guys, I mean, this is four times last five games. The main concern now, the main concern coming out of this game specifically, I mean, uh, I, the season as a whole, the, the concerns are where are your players other than Winston and Tillman. Now the main concern coming out of this game is this team just coughed up a 20-point lead at Illinois. It all worked out in the end. When you have a 20-point lead, you get to use a 20-point cushion. That's fine. This team also just blew seven points with three minutes left. That's a very contagious thing to have around, is just the inevitable crumbling looming over your head. Um, I hope this team's headstrong enough to shake those off. But I think I've seen a lot of sports in my 27 years on this earth. And I feel like I see when a team kind of has these stumbling stretches late in the games and watches their leads crumble that that can kind of ooze into other games. That can kind of leak into different performances and you're always looking over your shoulder like, oh God, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? I hope to God it doesn't happen. But man, twice in a row where that's happened... That could be even more concerning than the slow starts of these games. So, all right, guys. I'm sorry to just end this on such a downer. Um, again, hopefully we'll treat you guys a little better, shine a little bit more positivity there. I mean, he's in Vegas for crying out loud. How how bad can life be? Come on. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you this week, I'm sure. Uh, let's see if we can swing back to positivity. I like that. Those were more fun. 
Don't get me wrong, talking about MSU sports is always a good time. It's really fun, though, when there are good things to talk about. God, how much fun would a win over top 10 Maryland and those sweet jerseys have been to talk about today? Well, we're not going to get that moment. But hopefully we get something at least a quarter of the way close to it eventually this week. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you get your podcast. Um, I guess I'm going to take it away here. All right, guys. Go green.